and welcome to another episode of Observe and Report. We are your hosts. This is Jason Sue speaking to you right now. Sitting across from me, my co-host, Jack Smith. Hello. And we are here to give you another show where we observe and we report back to you on what we watch. Yes. Now, it's been a few weeks since we've seen each other. Only two. Since thereabouts. And, uh, and yeah, we've seen some things. And we, we're going to talk about it now because that's do it. the format of the show. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing intro. Solid setup. 10 out of 10. Five gold stars. All right. Three thumbs up. Um, but let's get into it. What have you been watching? What have you seen? Uh, I didn't watch a ton. Mm-hmm. But what I did watch was, I almost said great, and then I realized that's not true. (laughs) There was a theme. Everything was kind of twisty-turny. Okay. Nothing ended quite how I expected it to. Okay. The first thing I watched was The Dressmaker. Okay. Did you watch it? This is what you asked me to watch. Do you want to say this for the end, or do you want to do this now? Oh, okay. We can do this now. No, we'll do it at the end. Okay. I'm real excited. All right. (laughs) Okay. I watched um, this morning, because I hadn't watched anything, so I was like, oh, I better watch something. Um, I watched Hold the Dark, the new movie on Netflix. Oh, okay. With Jeffrey Wright, Alexander Skarsgård, the handsome one. I don't think I've actually heard of this really? film. Um, <clears throat> they did a little bit of press for it. Who else is in it? Uh, James Badge Dale. Okay. Um, Riley Keough. Okay. Uh, I think that's about it in terms of people you would recognize. What happens in Hold the Dark? Is it are they holding like a very small black kitten? What's happening here? Yes, <laughs> you got it. It was a forty-seven second movie, but very well produced. Um, it is. I don't want to spoil it for you unless you think you're not going to watch it. In which case I you think I will with that cast. Oh, at first I thought you said with that cat, and I was like, Jason, there's not a cat in it. <laughs> Look, I'm just looking forward to cats. Actually, there is a cat in it, All very right. briefly. Um, so it is about this woman who they're in like the middle of nowhere, Alaska, mm-hmm. um, and she, her son, she says that her son has been taken by wolves and killed. Oh. And so she writes to um, Jeffrey Wright's character, who is a writer and, like, wolf expert. Interesting. I, of course, as soon as you said writes to him, I was like, of course, he's a freaking writer. But then you said wolf expert, like, oh, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he uh, has, like, tracked, and I, from the book that they show that he has written, um, the character has, like, lived with among wolves and whatnot and has killed one before. So she writes and asks him to come up to Alaska to kill the wolf that killed her son. Oh. Yes. Very personal request. It is a very personal request with a handwritten letter. (laughs) Um, And so he goes up there and uh, Alexander Skarsgård plays her husband. You couldn't ask Alexander Skarsgård to go kill the wolf? The man looks like he's killed a wolf or two in his time. You are going to feel bad now. He was in the Middle East fighting war, Jason. Okay. Well, is he back now? I, I can't tell you everything. Okay. All right. I understand. But, um... This feels like a continuation of Generation Kill, given uh-huh. the cast of uh, Alexander Skarsgård and James Bajadale. They were both together in that as, like, war buddies. Oh. 
Um, so this feels like in and it was set in the Middle East during like oh. the uh, the the 2003 conflict. So it feels like a continuation of that. Weirdly, James Badgedale in this plays a cop, an okay. Alaskan cop. Okay, all right. Mm-hmm. Um, damn it! I wish you had watched it so we could talk about it. It sounds very interesting. I not at all what I would think from mm-hmm. the uh, the title, but. It is not at all what you think for the title. It is not what you necessarily think from the little plot summary they give on Netflix. Okay. Um, it is, the themes are about, or the main theme is, I think, because I'm not smart, um, the relationship between parents and their children. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like, But I don't really know what it is that like the point of view like what they're trying to say necessarily mm-hmm. i'm not getting a strong point of view from them from the filmmaker so i will be interested if you watch it to hear your thoughts on it okay i mean it sounds very interesting it sounds like a very good cast and like the story sounds i don't know it feels like there's a lot of uh snow movies that came out in the last year from like uh, the snowman to this to um what was that other one that starred uh wind river Wind River, yes. It has a kind of a Wind River vibe, but much darker. Okay. Yeah. Like rural, um, much more mm, isolated. Yep. Like Native murders. Amer- Native Americans. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, people who um, like p- a poor community. Everybody knows each other. Mm-hmm. Um, like small town secrets coming to life. Yeah, kind of. Okay. Um, but just darker. <laughs> I was surprised. Okay. <laughs> um, crap, yeah, I can't say much about it because you're going to watch it. So watch it and let uh, let me know what you think. Okay, it feels like twists and turns abound in that movie. There are twists and turns and it gets weird. <laughs> um, I didn't watch a huge amount of movies this week, Um, but one thing I did watch, I don't know why I did, I was homesick, that's why. I watched uh, Father Figures. <laughs> um... Oh, with Kristen Bell? No, nope. with uh, Owen Wilson and Ed Helms. Oh, God. Uh, originally titled what? Bastards. Why uh, did you watch that? Because I was sick and I wanted something I could just not You're have to concentrate too hard on. delirious. <laughs> um, My God, you should have been brought to a hospital. <laughs> it is um, aggressively mediocre. Oh, boy. Um, I would expect nothing else, which sucks because I really like Ed Helms. Ed Helms is really funny, um, but he wasn't particularly great in this. No one was particularly great in this, Mm. but no one was particularly bad. It was really middle-of-the-road, very forgettable comedy. Um, The whole premise of the film being uh, Owen Wilson and Ed Helms are fraternal twins um, who never knew their father. Uh, they assume that their father had died because that's what their mother, Glenn Close, had told them. Oh. Also, oh, Glenn, Glenn Close is in this movie. Oh, it. Um, informs them that their father passed away. They find out later on that their dad didn't actually pass away and that they never really knew who their dad was. Mm. Um, so the mother explains to them that, oh, yeah, in the 70s, it was a wild time. I slept with a bunch of dudes. Who knows who your dad yeah, could be? Yeah, Glenn, get it. I think it's probably, um, what is it, the football announcer feel like every dude is mad at me right now um terry bradshaw oh yeah uh he she says that he's their father so they go there first and try to check him out but they get bounced around all over the country finding out the different dudes could possibly be their dad Mm -hmm. um they get some it's an interesting cast too they get like uh jk simmons is in there as a possible dad candidate he always pops up and stuff yeah 
Um, Christopher Walken is there as a possible dad candidate. Um, and Cat well, Williams is there a, for a hot a, second. There's a big age difference between... Wait, who did you just name? Oh, uh, J.K. Simmons. <clears throat> J.K. Simmons and Christopher Walken? Yeah, there is. Absolutely. <laughs> it feels about 30 years between the two. <laughs> but I don't know. J.K. Simmons tends to play older anyway, so people just kind of like forget that. Okay. I think he's a guy in his late 50s at this point. J.K. Simmons, early 60s maybe? Yeah, I would say that. Yeah. Christopher Walken's closer to 80 maybe at this point. <laughs> um, Glenn Close really playing the field. I like it. Hey, got to get him young or old, whatever. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it was middling to bad. Um, mm. That one or two funny twists, but not really much else okay. in there. All right. So yeah, I can't really sit, talk too much positively about that movie. Fair. Um, I watched the first episode of Ma- uh, Maniac. Oh, I also watched Maniac as well. How much of it did you watch? I've watched maybe five episodes of this. Oh point. wow! Yeah. Um, I only watched the first one this morning. Mm-hmm. Um, at first, I was like, this is kind of slow. I'm not sure if I'm going to be into it. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, but by the end of that first episode, I was like, oh, all right, let's let's do this, guys. And it's uh, how do I explain it? You, I shouldn't. You should explain it. Actually, <laughs> You're better at that stuff than I am. Go for it. It's like uh, it's very weird and very quirky. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Jonah Hill and um, Emma Stone mm-hmm. are the main two characters of it. Um, however, it's set in like a dystopian version of our Earth. Right. Like we're in which like, you know, advertisements are everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, you can pay for a meal by having someone read ads to you. It's to, like substitute like your money or something like that. It's a weird dystopian kind of like um, Terry Pratchett future, mm-hmm. I guess, or something like that. But um, it's weird, but fun. It like leans into its weirdness. Yeah. Um, and Jonah Hill and Emma Stone playing two very depressed individuals who join this study to kind of figure out what's not to figure out what's wrong with them, but to, to get better, I guess, to like get over the depression, to get over like, you know, these tragic events that occurred in their lives. And they're both dealing with different kinds of traumas. Don't I have an only I'm not going to say anything else. <laughs> um, they're dealing with very different kinds of traumas. Um, and they take part in an experiment, uh, to kind of delve deeper into that. Um, Justin Thoreau shows up as, like, you know, one of the experimenters. Um, and, yeah, um, premise-wise, they, they jumped to different things. Okay. Um, where I am in the series, it's interesting. I like seeing Emma Stone and uh, John Hill together again. Yeah, no, It's been a while since Superbad. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You two are actually, like, very fun together. Um, and they seem to have, like, pretty good chemistry. Yeah. Um, on screen and off screen, it just feels like they're just friends yeah. outside of this. Um they, I would say if it feels similar to anything, it's very eternal sunshiny. And I never saw it. And very Cloud Atlas-y. Like, insofar oh, as... Saw part of it. Insofar as Cloud Atlas, where in which it's the same people playing different roles over time. Oh, right, right, right. This very much has oh, the same sort yeah. of feel to it. Cloud Atlas, what a weird movie. It's and a weird-ass very movie. Very racist. <laughs> <laughs> like... Um, I never read the book, but that's, it's just, I don't know the, what I've seen of Cloud Atlas. Again, I've not seen all of it either. Maybe there's more to it than what I thought, but it just feels very weird. Putting white people trying to make them look Asian is not cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I just saw one scene when they were in the far future, like a chase on these hoverbikes. I was like, it looks pretty cool. I don't know. But I don't know anything else about the movie outside of that, really. Yeah. They put a couple of like English white actors... Uh, I think Jim Sturgis is one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and like they make them look Asian, mm-hmm. like it's not. It's highly inappropriate. And I, if they had done that movie now, mm-hmm. there'd be, it'd be outrage. And the thing is, that wasn't that long ago. This it was wasn't. Five, not even five, maybe four years ago, 2014, 2013, I think that came out. Maybe. Um, I think because it, I don't think that it did particularly well in theaters. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, but so people didn't really know about it. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know if they offended <laughs> I don't know if they offended any other races. Um but yeah, I saw that and I was like, "What the fuck is this?" Okay. It, it looked bizarre. And it's just like it makes you like cringe mm-hmm. and makes you think of um is it Mickey Who's the guy who did like the yellow face? Mickey Rooney? Yeah, maybe in like a Bond movie or something. It's probably Mickey Rooney. Yeah, um, and he was pretending or was playing quote an Asian guy. Mm-hmm. Um, just oh, it's super uncomfortable, mm-hmm. and I had no idea what that movie was about when I first saw the little bit of it that I did, and I was like, "What's happening right now?" Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Oh no, what's happening is deeply offensive." Cool. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's a weird movie. Okay. Although I am, I do kind of want to see the rest of it just to understand the context of what it is that they were trying to say and do. From what I understand, it's a story being told over time with the same people playing different characters throughout time, where in which it's just a continuation of the same story, kind of, where these people are connected through time in ways okay. that they don't even understand. Okay. Is, I think, what they were trying to do there. Um, and as opposed, and just saying like, Hey, the world changes mm. and people can be in different places and still be connected. Mm. But I don't think they took into account racial sensitivity in that. Nope. <laughs> so yeah, it didn't come out looking quite as they hoped. New. Um, but yeah. Tom Hanks and Halle Berry were in that. And I feel like Tom Hanks and possibly Halle Berry, too, haven't probably had enough clout to be like, you know what, guys? I'm just going to take an L on this one. Let's just sweep it under the rug. <laughs> Pretend it didn't happen because I do not want this to ruin my career. Mm. I mean, Ugh. yeah, I mean, they didn't do anything wrong necessarily from what I understand. I don't know. Um, didn't, who didn't do anything? Halle Berry and Tom Hanks. Um, I don't think so. I can't remember if Tom Hanks' character did anything. Um, yeah, but I don't think it was them necessarily. I think it might have been the other characters. Okay. Yeah. Um, but Anywho, uh, sorry. aside from that, Maniac. A classic Cloud Atlas <laughs> tangent. <laughs> you know how you just hang with your voice sometimes and just, you know, for like a weird Cloud Atlas tangent. It happens <laughs> all the time. <laughs> classic cat. <laughs> there I was at work, and then three hours later, I'm in a deep cloud ass conversation. Ugh. Happens every time. Down a cat. Gotta hole. stay away from the water cooler. <laughs> um, but yeah, maniac. It's yeah. interesting. Yeah. And it's weird, and it seems just fun. Yeah. There's one episode you're going to get to mm-hmm. um, that it is, I would say, it's the most normal of the settings that they go to. Okay. And you're going to like it, I think, just okay. because, like, they're they're really like into it. It feels like the accents they have, the the costuming, the hairstyles. Okay. There's one that I'm is just a lot to of fun. Get to the point where they are kind of playing out these different lives and stuff. Yeah, it, it's 
It's fun. It, it it's weird. It gets to be like a period yeah. piece of one thing, but then it's like, oh, now it's current, and now we're here, like you know, uh, two hundred years in the past or something like that. It's just weird, and it feels like these actors and like the director Carrie Fukunaga from mm-hmm. um, True Detective season one, my favorite Jane Eyre um, remake. Did he do Jane Eyre? Yeah, with um, Michael Fassbender and Mia Wasikowska. Okay, cool. It was lovely. It's beautiful and creepy. But um, and yeah, I think that show embodies some of those elements too. It is like weird and creepy and like beautiful yeah. points. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I definitely recommend it. Like, and also it's weird because like these are two. It's weird to think that two members of the cast of Superbad are Oscar nominated. One, I an know. Oscar winner. <laughs> <laughs> and these are them. These are those people in this movie. Yeah. Uh, in this series, sorry, it's like a ten part series. Is it ten episodes? Yeah, okay. I think it's ten episodes. Um. Um, the guy who plays uh, Jonah Hill's brother, mm-hmm. uh, he is in Game Night. Oh, and okay. he's very funny in Game Night. He plays a dum dum. Okay, and um, he can be kind of a dum dum in this also when mm-hmm. he's playing like the. Um, I don't think it's spoiling anything. Like the kind of invisible. Um, okay, that, yeah, that's not spoiler at all. That comes up very yeah, it soon. It comes up pretty much immediately. Yeah. Um, the kind of hallucination that Jonah Hill's having um, mm-hmm. when he plays that kind of goofy character, it's basically exactly his character okay. from Game Night, um, and he's very fun and funny. And I okay. like him. Um, outside of Maniac, I've also been digging down that Netflix hole. Mm-hmm. Uh, finished season two of Ozark. Oh, um, Zark. It, it is <laughs> financial Breaking Bad, and that's fine. You missed the joke that I made. Wait, what's that? I said, oh, and then I said Zark after. Gross, and I'm glad I missed it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I m- interrupted you mid-sentence to bring you back to it, you son of a bitch. <laughs> you make dumb jokes like that all the time, and I have to endure them. And you you shall sit through time. mine. <laughs> it feels gross on the other side. <laughs> Welcome to my world. <laughs> anyway. Ozark season two. So yes. Ozark season two. Um, it's Breaking Bad for Finance. And oh, which sounds boring, but it's interesting actually. Um Ozark being the story of a financial advisor uh that, you know, laundered money for a Mexican cartel. Uh messed up big time. His partner got killed in Chicago. He takes his whole family uh, and runs with them down to uh, the Ozarks in Missouri uh, to kind of hide out. Of course, the cartel finds him. Mm-hmm. Um, but he is really good at talking his way out of problems and is able to get back into the good graces of uh, the cartel by laundering the money into a legitimate business. Um, Laura Linney is his wife? Is his wife, and she's very good in it. Awesome. She's great in everything. I want to see her in more stuff. She is. I just I don't know how she doesn't have an Oscar. It feels like she's done a lot of work. She's done so much, and she's phenomenal in everything. She's really good in this. Ugh. Like, she is, like, in control and, like, scary at times. Like, shit, do not nice. want to cross her path. I can see that. But, like, also, it's weird because, like, they do make it, like, a family drama sometimes where mm-hmm. it's like, we got to take care of our kids. But, like, also, they're doing, not they're not doing the worst things, but they are enabling some of the worst things to happen. Right, right, right. Like, so it's just interesting to see that dichotomy and like mm-hmm. the kids call them out on it like hey you know you're doing all this terrible stuff like 
on the regular. Yeah. So what if I stole two hundred dollars? Yeah, it's hard Who to take cares? the moral high ground when you're <laughs> aiding and abetting felons. Yeah. So like <laughs> their credibility is brought into question all the time as mm. parents by their kids. Um and season two is a lot more them playing into the politics of the area, them trying to get this legitimate funnel for this illegal money possible. Um and just like the tensions that come up from that and all of the 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 messes that they made in season one coming to haunt them in season two i hate that which is like oh interesting like you shouldn't have screwed that guy over because now you're in this position um one thing i wanted to call out one person i wanted to call on that show who feels like a little bit of the glue on that show have their name here um when you say call out you mean like shout out yes (laughs) not like i'm calling you out oh is it julia uh Gosh, that my writing's terrible. Um, <laughs> she's a cornerstone on that show. She feels like the Jesse of that show. The Jesse, uh, as in Breaking Bad, as Jesse was to Walter White. <laughs> I thought you meant Full House. <laughs> like she's Uncle a cool Jesse. Uncle Jesse. She lives in the attic. I swear to God, Jesus, <laughs> I, I did not know. I was like, who's Jesse? Julia Garner? Is her name. She's okay. awesome. She's all. She's also in Maniac as well. Oh no way. Um, evidenced by her like super curly blonde hair or whatever she, she's very noticeable okay but she's very good in ozark um she is the glue of that show it feels like kind of what is her character so basically she plays a, a con artist kind of like cool. her, her and her family are like the criminals of the town basically cool. they get wrapped up with uh, jason bateman and his family um and jason bateman kind of takes her under his wing as just like well you're smarter than most everyone else around here mm. and you seem to like you know know your shit I'm going to put you in charge of this strip club and, like, essentially running things for me when what I'm not around. a great business opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> but she, like, takes it takes it to task. And, like, nice. is really good at running this strip club. Nice. And it's really good at, like, running these other businesses for him. And, like, she's, like, fa- a foul mouth like, 20-year-old. But she cares a lot about her family and, like, you know, keeping them together. Aww. And, like, if anything, again, another show that we're, like, the core tenant is, like, family. And she's trying her best to keep her family together. Jason Bateman's trying his best to keep his family together. And, yeah, it's uh, it's worth a watch. And I feel like a lot of people don't talk about Ozark that much. You know, I never really hear people talk about it. Julia Garner, got it. Okay. And what's weird is that Jason Bateman isn't playing against type. It's, it could easily be... Uh, he could easily be playing Michael from uh, Arrested he's Development. Just, he just got into a different business and he's not doing Yes. <laughs> very, very easily. It's still real estate at the end of the day that he's dealing with. I mean, he, yeah, I mean, he always just plays a version of that character. In Game Night, he plays a version. Mm-hmm. It's always just him. Yeah. I feel like one of his wildest roles that he's not really playing himself is like in Dodgeball, where he's one of the announcers. And he's just, (laughs) like, very obviously high all the time (laughs) as that character. I forgot about that. (laughs) I freaking love that movie. So It's so funny. But, yeah, when he's not, most of the time, he's generally the same kind of character. Smart, snarky, wise-ass. Highly sarcastic. Um, And usually usually the smartest guy in the room. Right. Um, But, yeah, Ozark Season 2 was a good watch, and I do recommend it. Um, cool. for folks to get into um yeah that's pretty much all i i don't really have much oh god to talk about i, I have know so <laughs> go for it man uh aside okay. from my assignment and the dressmaker that's all i have left so you can all right let's go for it go then i guess i'll blast through these <laughs> um 
also wound up watching uh the toys that made us uh one episode oh yeah yeah it's actually pretty interesting it's a good documentary series like it's it feels like something you'd find on the travel channel or something like that but it's on netflix (laughs) um i watched the one episode that dealt with transformers and how they came into being of course you did um it was really interesting actually and and a wonderful cross-cultural collaboration between (laughs) japan and the united states Hmm. um they came about because a company in japan called takara um licensed gi joe from the u.s to like sell in japan gotcha but they changed the design like well the soldier thing doesn't work for us here like what made him a robot like made him a clear robot and like you know had attachments you could add on to him that's cool and then over time like they extrapolated from that idea like what if we made it like a little bit smaller like you know made like vehicles and all this stuff add that onto it what if we made them even what if we made these other kinds so like like change into like other things and like you see that thought process behind it and like you know how they go about doing it and just this weird evolution from like gi joe to these trucks that transform into robots and America, like, in the, like, literally 20 years later, like, we're looking for something to license. Like, hey, what are these robots that, like, transform into other things? Like, can we get those? Like, can we, like, license those? And, like, yeah, sure, but technically this is yours. Oh, yeah. So it's, like, this weird transformation that America wound up, like, bringing back to itself. And, like, hmm. oh, okay, like, these Transformer things. Like, well, we like these things, but there's no story around it. Like, how do we sell these to people? So they went to Marvel Comics and was like, hey, we want a comic book, you know, based on these action figures like here's the designs like you know we need 26 names and profiles like you know by by monday they gave it to this guy on a friday and over a weekend he came up with the pretty much the outline of what the transformers are so like came up with all the names all the personalities and it was just like pretty interesting he said okay shut the door close <laughs> the curtains got super high <laughs> one that weekend and shit those things out and it was magic okay okay this one's like yellow he's like a beetle but he's like uh he buzzes bumblebee yes fuck yes you're so good all right bob what do we got next uh optimus prime <laughs> what's what best? Like, what's the best optimum? Okay, Optimus. Like, what's the prime version of Optimus? Optimus Prime. Yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> um, that was his weekend, I guess. But no, it was just very cool to hear, like, you know, this weird, like, you know, back and forth and, like, this good relationship they've had with, like, Hasbro and Takara in uh, Japan, like, for so long. And Marvel Comics got in the mix there yeah. at some point. And, like, these three, like, big companies, like, all trading off each other and working off each other to, like, make something that's been enduring. Like, there's always been a Transformers thing in stores or a show on TV since its inception. Wow. Which is weird to think about, like... I didn't know they ever had comic books. They did. Those are actually... They're actually very well written and are regarded as, like, good comic books hmm. for their time, like, from the 80s. Um, and Transformers is one of those weird, enduring things that has lasted since the 80s to now, kind of like Ninja Turtles. There's always been a kind of Ninja Turtles show on TV, or, like, a different kind of toy out there. Because the idea that they have is, like, well, we need something to push the toys, and the, the toys push the show, so we need that synergy. While something like Barbie is evergreen, it doesn't need a show. It can just live on its own. Because girls have imaginations. Look. Boom! <laughs> My work here is done. There's a lot to be incepted off of that, and also a lot of good media made off of these things sometimes. Um, but that being said, it was a very good episode. Um, outside of that... I started back on The Walking Dead, uh, the previous season, because, you know, that's Jesus how I do. Christ. Fair a fan over here. Ugh. I would hate to have to watch this show week to week. <laughs> um, it's pretty good. I would kill myself if I had to watch that <laughs> week to week. Cut to me watching week to week. <laughs> like, the, what they offer on a, on a weekly basis 
at this point in the show cycle, almost 10 years at this point, it's been going on for eight years at this point. It's almost a decade of The Walking Dead. Holy shit. We've seen Carl grow up. Like, Carl can drive now. <laughs> <laughs> Carl Can't can... wait till Carl can rent a car. <laughs> He's getting there. He's like a year off or something like that. <laughs> like... That's, I mean, yeah, he was a little kid. He was a baby boy. Oh, he was so cute. Like and, and annoying. <laughs> and yeah, it's 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 harder to suspend that disbelief of like, wait, how long have y'all been in this world? It has been eight years. We've seen Carl grow up that much. How long? How much time is supposed to have um, passed from the okay. beginning to where they are now? Like two years? About two years in the comic books is what it's supposed to be. But it's clearly longer than that because Carl has aged in. Yeah, that baby though still saying the same age. Oh, okay. somehow. Oh, that's right. <laughs> well, no, she's like a yearish. Lori had that baby in like twenty twelve. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that but baby. like on the show, the babies, the age of the baby that they have on the show now is probably like a year and a half. Year and a half, years, about that much. Not quite two years old. Mm-hmm. So okay, so it's been. Supposed to have been about two years on the show. Yeah. Carl had a real growth spurt. (laughs) (laughs) And has matured. At that rate, he will be eight feet (laughs) by the time he's 19. Um, He's got a Robin Williams Jack situation (laughs) on his hands. He's going to be. I got to deal with zombies and this. Oh, God. Carl, why? Why are you so big? Um, you know how hard it is to find pants for size in the apocalypse? <laughs> oh, Carl. <laughs> so what? Um, what is happening where you're at right now? Where I'm at, it's all out war. Um, they have taken war to Negan. Um, they attacked his base. Gotcha. Um, the priest is locked in a trailer with him. Oh, God, yeah. Uh, spoilers, the tiger got it. Yo, that was like the best that character on the hard. show, and I was genuinely upset when that. Happened. I was pretty upset about that actually. <laughs> um, it sucked that that tiger died, and it went up very heroically. Yes, but um, but yeah, that's where I'm with The Walking Dead right now. Okay. Uh, it is very fun to breeze through these episodes yeah. and like be able to get the next one right after it. Mm-hmm. Um, for you. <laughs> but outside of The Walking Dead, what else have I been watching? Finish Insecure season three. Um, cool. It is fun. It's a soap opera, but it's a fun soap opera. There's nothing wrong with the formula, and I feel like they play with it in a good way. I mean, everything's kind of a soap everything's opera kind of the anyways. same thing, and that's fine. Yeah. Um, I liked it. The season was good. Um, it was really more about her being cool with herself, and it wasn't about her trying to find a relationship or anything like that. Nice. It was just about her trying to live her life and like someone trying to be in her life, and her just saying like, "No, get the fuck out of here." Like I'm about me right now, which was really cool. Oh, sorry. Speaking of that, mm-hmm. uh, I did watch the first episode of season two of Big Mouth. Oh, okay. That came out just recently, right? Like yeah, yesterday. Like Friday, I think. Yeah, yesterday. How, what did you think about it? How did you feel about did it? Did you watch it? I did not see it, no. Um, it, it was good. Um, it made me a little uncomfortable. That's that show. That's what that show was. <laughs> but do. no, not, not for the reasons you'd expect. Because um, <clears throat> the episode is about... What made me think of it is girls being comfortable with their own bodies and Mm -hmm. kind of what is expected, what women are expected to look like versus like some women are really skinny and they might be have more like flat chests or whatever. Um, And so they go to a Korean spa Mm -hmm. 
And the girls on the show, I know it's a cartoon, but on the show, they're supposed to be like 13 years old. Mm-hmm. And it shows them topless. And that was like, ooh, ooh, I don't know if I would have made that choice. Yeah, this show's all about stepping over lines and not even like respecting that. Yeah, they don't show anything below the waist. Mm-hmm. Which means that they realize that that would be inappropriate, but why is it okay to then show bare-chested 13-year-old girls? So I'm not sure if I completely support that decision. I appreciate what they're trying to say and do, because um, basically one of the characters, <clears throat> there's a new character, and she um, has a well-developed chest. And the other two girls, Jesse and... Um, I don't remember uh, Jenny Slate's character's name. Um, they are not as well developed and so they are brought to the Korean spots be like look at women have all different bodies and it's totally okay you should just Mm. be okay with yours which I appreciate and I get what they're trying to say it just was like ooh I don't know if if I would do that with 13 year old characters Mm -hmm. but nonetheless I appreciate the message Um, it was okay okay I don't know we'll see I'll keep going with it I'll finish. I'll probably finish the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I just um, it was weird. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it was unexpected. <laughs> um, I also got into Iron Fist season two. Finished that. Um, it was better than season one, um, <clears throat> which was not great. Yeah. Um, season two is fine. It is just fine. Um, the main character played by Finn Jones, Danny Rand, is much more likable this season. He's much less up his own butt, which That's is good. pretty cool. Do you think, um, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry. Um, do you think that the creators of the show heard that criticism oh, from yes. the audience and they Absolutely. changed the writing a bit? 100%. Gotcha. Like, it was very, fans were very vocal and people were very vocal. Like, this isn't, we don't like this. Yeah. We don't like him. Yeah. Um, so I think they made a big effort to make it more likable to the point where they even wanted to, to the point where in the season, they take the focus off of him to some degree where it's like oh this power that you have it's not even meant to be yours it's meant to be somebody else's oh it just feels like passing the torch a little bit and i don't know how i feel about that as a fan of the books but for the the context of the show it's like i get it i understand this um there's a lot more focus on the female lead uh colleen wing uh played by uh what's her name jessica uh henwick she was in uh, Game of Thrones as one of the uh, the Viper's daughters. Oh, okay, cool. Um, but yeah, like there's a lot more focus on her and her fight scenes. They always give her the best fight scenes. That's like, cool. it's she's really good. Um, and they don't give Finch uh, or he, maybe he's just not good at fight scenes. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but her stuff is always good. Uh, Alice Eve is in there this season. Oh, okay. As a character called Typhoon Mary. Um, <laughs> the character is an interesting character that. A lot has been done with in comics. Um, I'd like to see where it goes with her. But the way it's presented is just like, oh, okay. Like, I don't really care that much about the character, but Alice Eve is doing a good job, I think. Cool. Um, that being said, across the board, I think everyone in this season is doing a good job. Um, I remember seeing articles when it came out that people just really did not like that character. <laughs> oh, what Excuse a me. squeaky little cough. Um, yeah, I need to drink water at some point. <laughs> But um, in this season, still the best character is Ward. Uh, he's like a, a tertiary character. He plays a, a kind of an antagonist to Daniel Rand in season one. 
um, but is a bit more of an ally in the season. Mm-hmm. And he has a full arc, unlike other characters. Oh, nice. So that was fun. Whew. That being said, um, also, yeah, I guess we can get into the things that we were supposed to watch. Um, I had you watch Ronan. Did you see I Ronan? I did. I did see Ronan. Okay. All right. I had started, I had seen that movie. I don't know if I ever saw it in full, mm-hmm. but I definitely at least started it multiple times. Okay. Because I had seen that cafe scene multiple times. Mm-hmm. Um, I like as a, I want to say as a kid, but years ago. Um, yeah, as a kid, it came out in 1998. So yeah, yeah, definitely did. I think it was one of the few movies that we had possibly up in New Hampshire. Um, and it was so good. It was so good. Um, twists and turns. A lot of twists. Lots of it twists. It felt like with every set piece, a new twist. Yes. Um, Sean Bean did not die. Sean Bon in some regions. <laughs> Seen Bean in others. Um, but he did get embarrassed real hard. Oh, that was beautiful how he got embarrassed. It like, was great. Just pants down. Laugh at this man <laughs> right now, everyone. Um, oh, the general plot of it is... Um, the these like half dozen people um are brought together in france they have been hired by a mystery uh party to get this uh case that is being shopped around to the russians and to the irish um but they've been hired by um someone to get it and the a mysterious woman well the mysterious woman is uh, working for a character a that we never meet employer. in a wheelchair. <laughs> um, so she brings this kind of ragtag group together. Um, it includes uh, Jean Renault, Robert De Niro, Sean Bean. Um, Stellan Skarsgård. Yes, that's Stellan Skarsgård. Uh, it's a Skarsgård weekend Skarsgård weekend. <laughs> um, it's great. He's terrifying. <laughs> Not to be confused with Vampire Weekend. Oh, my God. <laughs> no. No. Just no. I think my Ozark one was better than that. Um, and to, so they have to work together and they plan. I love I love a planning sesh. Um, I love uh, logistics and having to do research. So I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. I appreciated, um, yes, all the planning involved. Yes. Um, and the fact that it was a heist movie and it was self-serious, mm. but it's nice. I don't know. I feel like someone used to things like Ocean's Eleven yes. where we're so used to seeing everyone be cool and like be very hip about like their career thievery. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In this, like, you know, no one's dressed stylishly. Oh, yeah, no. It's very just... They're just there to do a job. They're to do a job. And the yeah. stakes that they're fighting for aren't even that high. It's like $45,000 is what they're each being paid over oh, the course of this. Well, no, they he they renegotiate, <laughs> so it's like two hundred grand each. Right, after time. But like initially, like you're getting into oh, something yeah. where you're risking your life for just it's not 45 that grand. Much, yeah. It's like you just get a job. Yeah. And it'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> like you expect to do a job like this and never have to do anything like this ever again. Right. Um, but I liked all the actors are great in it. Um, you get to see it's beautiful because you get to see all different parts of Europe. Um, there are twists and turns. Uh, the guy who pl- in Game of Thrones who has a name but I don't know, um, British guy. 
he's in it. He plays like the is it the High Sparrow? I know exactly. In Game of Thrones. Um, yes, he plays the High Sparrow in Game of Thrones. Yeah, he was in it. There's a lot of familiar faces. Um, There's also so many innocent bystanders gunned down. A lot. And they also do not wear masks or anything. They're just shooting up each other in public. There's apparently very little police presence in France in general. So very little. (laughs) And they drive just the most pathetic little police cars that go seemingly 35 miles an hour tops. That being said, the cars that were featured in this were, like, not luxury cars or, like, particularly fast cars. Yeah, no, it was, like, the nicest one was an Audi S8. They had a BMW in there They had a BMW point. in there. Um, the rest were kind of nothing special, really, I but think. But what was cool about this film is it has some really good car chases. Yeah, like, totally. Like, very tense, like, very well shot. Yeah. Um, and long, too. Oh, yeah. Like, just twisting and turning throughout the entire city um, and just... A lot of collateral damage happening all around. So them. much, um, so much, so many tiny cafes and markets just torn ruined. apart. Ruined. Like these, they would be forever wanted criminals. I'm not surprised. <laughs> I'm super surprised. Like they, they've, that, you should, they should not be able to stay in France. No anymore. Absolutely not. Like death on sight. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, there were some interesting things in there that I wanted to point out, like. Rob De Niro's uh, coffee magic of several times in the movie. He does he uses coffee to test the skills of the people around him. <laughs> he does. <laughs> which, I don't know who does that, but it was just enjoyable to see, like, oh, he has coffee in his hands. Someone's in trouble. <laughs> like, yeah, his character is so likable. Mm-hmm. Um, just because any type of character is, like, smartest guy in the room, but he's not uh like boastful about it it's just like oh i if something goes down i want to be with that guy because he's gonna get you out of a dangerous situation like that guy first i want to be robin here first john or no second um and then natasha mcclehone after that i guess um but she was in natasha mcclehone and i feel like i've only ever seen her in uh the truman show like um she's very ethereal looking yes she looks like an elf yes (laughs) um but she was very good in it um i definitely would have slept with de niro or jean renault <laughs> just like you guys are so skillful and tough and i just mm-hmm. when she just like gets on top of de niro in the car is like yeah girl that was i get it that was a fun scene because like he puts one on her to like you know hide from the cops or whatever and then she just like has a look around like oh yeah and then just like i'll you do know, you one better <laughs> like oh Bobby. cool <laughs> yep um I like that majority of the cast was like over fifty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, generally, That's like an, true. an older cast. Um, Sean Bean in nineteen ninety eight looked a lot like Nicholas Coster Waldo, which is very interesting to me. Like there I were think scenes. He just looks like Sean Bean. Yeah, to me, they looked very similar at um, a point in time. You're wrong. <laughs> Nicholas Coster Waldo is the handsome. He's so handsome. Um, no offense to Sean Bean, but just like. <laughs> That man looks good. Apologies to Sean, our scene, or whatever we got to say. It. <laughs> um, also, Robert Nair is the Sherlock Holmes of making things fall. Like, several times, he puts something up like, now this is going to distract them to make them do this thing. He sets up these small little traps. They're not mm. like Rube Goldberg machines or anything like that. Mm. But 
he sets up like a, a cart to like fall to imitate oh, like a gunshot yeah, yeah, yeah. and like it immediately works out for him to so be great. able to take a picture it's like God, that good. scene was fun yeah that was a really fun he's playing like an obnoxious american tourist like yeah, yeah, yeah. takes pictures of me and my wife tell me to take pictures takes pictures yeah. but he's really doing reconnaissance for yeah. the mission later on it just feels like oh this is like really cool but yeah ronan it's like not that long as two hours it's two hours but like it's it's tense and it keeps moving forward like it keeps yes. it keeps you interested every 20 minutes yes so like okay what happens next like oh that's a twist how do they get back from that like it's consistently progressive because they keep having to work out problems and like replan mm-hmm. um so you're kind of just on that journey with them and it's interesting yeah and just seeing their team change over time yeah um yeah it's very cool at like giving you it feels like the gives you a peek to like this living breathing world of like spies and criminals and... i really want to know if people like that exist <laughs> i really do because it's not like they're shootouts in the streets uh, every day right but surely like things like that must exist right i have to imagine i want it to be real i don't know why <laughs> the world of the professional criminal yeah We're... also i was ent- like highly entertained by the fact that um Stellan Skarsgård, Stellar Skateboard, <laughs> um he um he has to get all this computer equipment and everything that he has we could probably just do on our phones Absolutely. Now. And like, it's like a truck full, <laughs> like a van full of fucking computer stuff that <laughs> can easily just be replaced by an iPhone today. He needs like a GPS, he needs yeah. like a flat screen monitor. <laughs> <laughs> it was just bonkers seeing that it was it was pretty great just like wow i could just do all that from a phone yep um but what was nice is that they weren't like gadgets in the movie really it wasn't like a james bond or a mission impossible it was its own thing it felt grittier and nastier and like yeah yeah it's not like he was comfortable he was shoved in the back of a van looking at a bunch of computer monitors right and it was very much a practical like need for these things yes like there are 10 computers in here and dental scars regard is not a small man no (laughs) like it was yeah. There was it was good. Yeah, he's not small. Norris is beautiful. Son, <laughs> he's like six four, six five. He's so handsome. What about his other son? Does he not get counted to anything at all? Listen, I'll take any of them. <laughs> uh, they're all beautiful Nordic elves. <laughs> Just Alexander, like no numero uno. <laughs> Have you seen him, Jason? Dude's got like 20 abs. Like, how could I not have seen it? He could just have one and I'm fine. (laughs) So handsome. Um, He's on the list. (laughs) I'm sure. In Um, case you were were unsure. (laughs) Indeed, he is. But um, outside of that, you asked me to watch uh, The Dressmaker. (laughs) Um, Yes. Which... Because I watched it and was like, what the fuck did I just watch? <laughs> did you think you were going to be in for a nice, funny, jaunty kind of story? Yeah, kind of, Jason. <laughs> I thought it was just going to be a look at this lady getting redemption. Then there is just so much more. There's a lot of personal trauma in this movie. There's so much. We're going to spoil the shit out of this movie. So just FYI. It's good. It's a little bit of a hidden gem on Amazon, I would say. Yeah. Um... But I guess the basic premise, uh, Kate Winslet is a a disgraced designer who has come back home to Australia uh, from France. Um, I don't know that she's disgraced. Well, not disgraced, but she seems like she was hard on her luck. Like, she went to Europe and came back from there. 
Oh, I don't. I didn't get that vibe. Yeah, she she was in Europe and came back to. No, Australia. I know that, but it didn't seem like she came back because she was disgraced. Oh, otherwise, why would she ever come back there? Um, because her mom was sick and she needed to take care of her mom. Uh, there was that too, but she didn't seem to care much for her mom at all until they got there. I think that I don't tarnish her reputation, <laughs> Jason. I'm pretty sure she was fine in Europe, but she knew that her mom was sick, so she had to come back to take care of her mom. That being said, she's back in Australia to take care of her mom and to just figure shit out there as far as like, the townspeople. Hmm. Um, she was she was found guilty of committing a crime there when she was a girl. Uh, the death of a boy was on her hands. Mm-hmm. And for that reason, she's an outcast in the town. No one there likes her. Um, and she's just trying to navigate all these horrible people while taking care of her mom. But she was already disliked in the town, I think, because her mom um, had had her out of wedlock. Mm-hmm. Um, so her mom was already, they like shamed her and were terrible to her mom and to her. And then on top of that, um, they were convinced that she had committed this murder of this boy. Um, so she just got kicked out of there and was sent to like boarding schools. Mm-hmm. Ugh, poor Kate. But she's back after all these years. She's back. Yeah. Um and Liam Liam Hemsworth, oh my god, uh, was her boyhood, bo- her childhood crush. Um, and now what did we watch the same movie? Yeah, with? they were not childhood crush. She, he specifically says like, "What are you back in town for? It's either me or for like something else." Like, it's definitely not for me. He was just joking. <laughs> they never even show them together, really. Like, also, for- it's hilarious that they. In this reality, they're the same age. Oh, yeah. They're like 13 years years apart or something like that. There's like a decade and some change between the two. But in this um, movie posits that they are the same age. It feels right. Like, I don't know. It doesn't feel particularly off necessarily. We have very different opinions about this movie (laughs) from the get go. I don't feel like it doesn't feel weird necessarily. He looks significantly younger than her. Uh, but I just went with it fine <laughs> um, but yeah that being said it's it gets crazy it, it seems like a lady back in town's like I'm gonna settle some old debts and also like you know turn these old town people's opinions around about me by making them like these beautiful amazing gowns and dresses mm-hmm. and whatnot. Um, and it seems like that's the route it takes at first right. and things take a turn <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was like, so she is trying to get the townspeople's opinions of her to differ. She starts making beautiful clothes for them. um, And so they start coming around. But then, and so, and she slowly falls in love with Liam Hemsworth. And so you're just like, oh, this must be the end of the movie. I'm so happy for her. She has found love because at first she resisted it with him. I don't know how you could possibly resist it because he is so fucking beautiful in this movie that hair the beard i'm loving it he captain america and instead of having his boring haircut from the hunger games he has beautiful beautiful long luscious locks he grew some scruff he's killing it i was never uh on what what's his character in uh gale i was never i was always team pita I get it now. <laughs> I'm all Gale. All day, every day. Um, so they fall in love. And then you think they're just going to ride off into the sunset, Jason. Until he falls into a pit of sorghum. 
and the suffocates. Stupidest death <clears throat> ever. And I was, as he was standing there, about to jump in, I was like, "No, they're not gonna. No, 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 they're not gonna do. That. He's gonna jump in, and it's gonna be fine." I thought he was playing a trick at first. Yeah, and then he jumps. And then there's nothing. Because this happens earlier in the movie where he and his rugby buddies right, right, jump right. into like a grain silo full of wheat. Right. And like they're just having a grand old time up in the wheat silo. It's hilarious. All the, the wheat mice. silo is full of mice. It was disgusting. It was horrifying. <laughs> and you terrifying. You would have gotten a disease. That whole town should be dead if they ate that wheat. There's so many mice in that. Dear Jesus. No. Oh my God. Yes. So then he dies. And she's with him. So now the town's like, oh, this fucking This girl. lady is cursed. Yes. She thinks she's cursed. That's why he jumped into the silo because he was trying to convince her that she wasn't. And then that happened. He falls hundreds of feet. Well, maybe like 100 feet into sorghum. Probably like 30. <laughs> and just drowns in it. Just drowns in sorghum. I had to look up what sorghum was. <laughs> and so... That happens, and then she goes into, understandably, a spiraling downward depression. I would, too, if beautiful Liam Hemsworth just died. Oh, Mm -hmm. my God. I can't even imagine. Um, And what happens? Oh, they bring in another, like, seamstress into town, but she sucks. They brought her in before Before that, that. but she's in town regardless, yeah. Yeah. Uh, What else happens? (laughs) My memory... In addition to, like, you know, Liam Hemsworth dying, there's, like, a series of bad events that happened after that. Yes. Like, um, he, her mother dies, finally. Like, she oh, has a stroke Christ. and yeah. passes Then away. her mom dies shortly thereafter. But, so the crazy, so the mom dies, um, and the town, what happens? The town turns against her, like, 100%. After Liam Hemsworth dies, they turn against her entirely. Right. Um, and then she decides, fuck it, I'm not going to let them, like, get me down, I didn't do anything, oh, because she realizes, um, that she did not kill the boy. Uh, Liam Hemsworth's brother in the movie, um, has a learning disability, or is, like, developmentally disabled, Mm -hmm. I'm not quite sure, um, he's a very sweet character. But he kept on saying that she, uh, Kate Winslet's character, moved. And you assume at the beginning that when he says that, he's uh, talking about her moving from Australia to England and France. But then you realize they flash back to this kid who used to bully her, the one who died. He was about to run into her with his head down like he's pretending to be a bull and run into her stomach and so she got scared and she was up against a wall and so she moved and so he hit the wall like head first and that's how he died. Um, killed himself. Yes. So she goes um, and at it was at a wedding. At, oh, at that terrible wedding. And she confronts um, the father of the guy who she finds out is her father in real mm-hmm. life. Oh my God, the twist and turns. Um, and the town is in an uproar. And uh, Hugo Weaving is in it. He plays a cop. He's so great. Who's wonderful. It feels he's very much channeling his character from uh, Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Uh, where he's also a man who loves sequins and gowns. Cool. 
Um, I 100% support that. I get it. But yeah, like it's the 1930s, 40s? Yeah, I think so. Um, And he is the only police officer in town, it seems (laughs) like. But like up until a certain point, he was like, you know, closeted. And Mm -hmm. upon like, you know, uh, Kate Winslet's leaving, he decided to just be a bit more outward with like his affections and feelings. Mm -hmm. Um, And when she comes back, like they have this wonderful relationship where he's like, let me try on these things. Like, let's be best pals. Yeah. And he becomes much closer. She sees it in him. Mm -hmm. And she sees that she has the materials to kind of make him finally feel like himself even though he does have to keep it more private at first mm-hmm. um, but he can be himself around her which is great and then her confronting that family about what happened kind of opens up a lot and he had um, he had been blackmailed by the father of the boy who is a big deal in town who had seen him cross-dressing so is that an inappropriate term? I don't even know anymore. No, that's... He was, he was seen dressing up in women's clothing. And so um, when the whole murder took place... Not murder. When the boy died, um, he said, you are going to take that girl out of here or otherwise I'm going to tell everybody about your secret. So yeah, Hugo Weaving was complicit in yes. the cover-up of like the boy's death. Correct. Um and didn't speak up on that. Kate Winslet lived the life she lived because mm-hmm. of that. Um, and in the fallout of Liam Hemsworth's Hemsworth death and her mom's death, um, which in turn causes the death of <laughs> the town doctor. Um, That's... The, uh, this movie is bonkers. The town doctor was a creep, and now he has this horrible hunchback. He's like at a, he's bent at a 45-degree angle. At all times. At all times. And his wife is like she's always in pain and stuff so they begin her like pot brownies <laughs> to relieve her pain mm-hmm. and then the only way when the when her husband the town doctor starts walking the only way he stops is when she like puts out a pillow and he like bonks into it mm-hmm. and so the mom of Kate Winslet decides I've had it guess what some people are going to die now and so the woman doesn't raise the pillow and the guy drowns in a puddle of mud. Not the band. But also the band. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so he dies as a result of that. Um, and the further investigation from the other cops in town, apparently, yeah. <laughs> show that, you know, the the wife was high on pot brownies. Yep. And they're looking for someone to blame for this. They're going to blame uh, Kate Winslet's, uh, or Kate Winslet herself, mm-hmm. rather. Hugo even decides to step up. You know what? I screwed you over 25 years ago. I want to take the heat on this one. Yes, I deal pot. And and yes, I I dress in women's clothing. Mm-hmm. So what? <laughs> and he takes his arrest and is like, I owe you one girl. And, and he's wearing a beautiful like Matador's outfit. Matador outfit that is gorgeous <laughs> as he's like getting into the cop car. It's like sequined and like <laughs> it's, it's like super great. beautifully tailored and like <laughs> perfectly form fitting. It he it's just a bonkers movie. It it gets pretty crazy and there's a domino effect that happens. There's like death on death on death on there's death on death. A surprising number of deaths. <laughs> it is and they talk about Macbeth several times through it, and it feels yes. a little bit of a structure for it, a little bit of like a reference for it. Where like, oh yeah, everyone gets it at the end of yeah. this. <laughs> um, 
at the end of it, Kate Winslet stands tall, and yeah, she winds man. up burning the whole fucking she burns town down. The town to the fucking ground. <laughs> oh, I will say the only rough part of it was when, um, at the end, there's a contest between two towns, and it's a kind of like a part of it's like a costume contest, mm-hmm. and so she um, makes the outfits for the other town as like a fuck you to her town but i didn't think their outfits were great also there are a bunch there's like three or four white ladies pretending to be asian and like singing a song and it was not great oh yeah it was entirely offensive as the (laughs) 30s were (laughs) (laughs) um that was a little rough but um but yeah, it just, I expected one thing and it started out like the first like hour of it was like, yeah, okay. And then Liam Hemsworth dies and shit goes crazy. And I was like, this is the greatest film I've ever seen. Jason, I need you to watch it. It gets pretty goddamn crazy. It's a good movie. <laughs> I enjoyed it but enough. damn, a lot of things don't happen in it. <laughs> um, um, yeah. Yeah. And it is yeah an Australian made film. Mm-hmm. All takes place in Australia. Um. Yeah, it's interesting. Thanks for watching it. <laughs> I get real excited. But that being said, there are things to watch for next time. Oh, fuck yes. And I have something for you to watch. Okay. As this is October, a spooky month. Oh, no. I will not have you watch a horror film. I'll have you watch something that is spook adjacent. Oh, Jason. I'll have you watch Constantine. Okay. Which is... you. I think that you'll wind up liking it. You know what's weird? Like completely separate megan randomly also asked me if i had seen this movie because she knows what's up that's why <laughs> all right some good taste right there she also <laughs> thought i might like it see you have two people that think <sighs> that you might actually like this okay it's got some cool things happening and some cool people it's a good cast it's got okay. keanu reeves got tilda swinton got yourself some uh rachel vice um got a little bit of uh gavin rossdale for some reason i mean if ever I was looking for someone to round out that cast, that would be the <laughs> obvious choice. But uh, but yeah, I I recommend that, and I would like you to watch that for next time we meet. Okay, I can do that. Okay. Um, have you ever seen Travel Man with Richard Iwate? Mine has absolutely nothing to do with October. <laughs> um, I've seen some episodes. Yes. Oh, okay. Did I? Uh, maybe not that one. That's what I was gonna recommend. <laughs> Shit, Jason. Um, probably because I've made you watch it in the past. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Oh no! That was that was gonna be it. I could watch more episodes, or if there's one in particular you want me to watch, or you um, can figure it out and have you and tell me later. <laughs> yeah, I might have to think of something else and tell you later. Poop! You ruined my plan. <laughs> I was so proud of myself for having thought of something. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll text you. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Again, folks, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Thank you. You know, rate us, uh, subscribe on iTunes, on Stitcher and whatnot, however you're listening. Yes. Um, Get at us on Gmail, uh, Observer Report Podcast at gmail.com. Please do. And I uh, love an email. And a nice little email, be fine. Um, And yeah, thanks for listening. We'll catch y'all next time. Bye. Adios. (laughs) 